Wake up, wake up, 502! It is going down on a wonderful, beautiful, crisp Saturday morning here in the Ville. This is your boy, Rashawn Myers. This is Wake Up 502, and this is Big X Sports Radio, WXVW 96.1 FM and 104, uh, 1450 as well, uh, FM, uh, AM. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but we are in here live, and guess what? He is back, and he was definitely in black on the sidelines. That's right, Jeff Brom. He had his first home game. He came into, I don't know if I want to call it the Fed, the l and Federal Credit Union uh, uh, Cardinal Stadium. He came in there on Thursday night, got it done. The Cardinals start out the season 2-0. It is absolutely amazing. It is absolutely outstanding. And it's pretty much everything that anybody could have asked for uh, from the start for the Cardinals. Uh, they get it done. Of course, we were down in Atlanta last, uh, last Friday night. Uh, for the game down there to get the season started, uh, the, you know it wasn't the prettiest. It was not the most perfect starting or ending a, a, of a game, uh, but Louisville got it done. You know, it's one of those things where you survive in advance. That's the whole thing about the college football season. Uh, you know, it doesn't always look pretty, but as long as you win, that's the only thing that matters. The Cardinals were able to get that done against the uh, the Yellow Jackets um, on. Uh, last Thursday night against uh, Georgia Tech, they got the win there, coming back uh, from down twenty-eight to ten, uh, and, and you know they were able to keep that that momentum and that mojo. Excuse me, twenty-eight uh, thirteen uh, was the the comeback that they made on there, but they found a way to get it done. Then they come back home. You have the big win on Thursday night over uh, Murray State. So Card- the Cardinals are now two and zero. So just super excited. We're going to get into that, and we're going to talk about uh, so much more. Uh, now, I will let everybody know 
Uh, this is actually going to be a truncated show today. We're only going to have an hour show today. Unfortunately, uh, we'll be on from 9 to 10, and then uh, the golf guys will be taking over for a special edition. Uh, that'll be coming up at 10 o'clock. They will go from 10 to 11. So we have a lot to get into. Definitely want to take your uh, take your calls, your texts especially. Uh, of course, the best way to get involved, the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Uh, make sure you get out there to Thornton's and uh, support any of the 50,872 local uh, area Thornton's locations in Louisville and Southern Indiana uh, the, the, you know, for the best in gas, in goodies, in grub, in all those things. Uh, so make sure you go out there and take care of Thornton's. But yes, get us, get it, you know, give a text five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. You can get me there. Of course, the uh, Wake Up five zero two Buzz Line, uh, which is five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. You can get on there as well. Uh, but I, you know what? Since we have a short show. I want to get into it. I have so many thoughts about it. Of course, Haven Harrington and Joe Kelly, um, I believe they will be along shortly, as well as Leanne Herring. Uh, she will be giving us her first official uh, week of picks uh, since she was not able to uh, give us uh, the call last week since, of course, we weren't on the air Saturday. We were coming back from Atlanta, um, so we were not uh, able to have the show last Saturday. This will be her first full week of picks uh, so definitely want to get Leanne on uh, here in about eh, about 15 minutes or so. Uh, she'll join me. But let's get into it, man. Let's break it down. The things that I have learned, the things that I see after the first two weeks of the college football season for your University of Louisville Cardinals, um, I think that there's a lot of good. I think there's a lot of possibility. There's a lot of hope, and there's some things that you have to – kind of stick a pin in and just figure out what's going on. And, of course, at the forefront of those things has got to be Jack Plummer. Um, And I have some interesting thoughts on Jack Plummer because Jack Plummer, of course, uh, the transfer from Cal, former Purdue Boilermaker quarterback, he came back to uh, uh, play under Jeff Brom after uh, spending a year out at Cal Berkeley. Um, he did come back here. Uh, he was expected to be kind of the the leader, the stalwart, the um, you know just kind of the the stabilizing force uh, for Louisville football in year one under Jeff Brom. Of course, with his experience, he came off of a um, statistical uh, pretty good year at, at Cal last year. And you know, Jack had you know to, to say he's had some struggles. I, I think that would be. Um, that would that would not be an understatement that, that he had some struggles, especially uh, week one uh, on the road at Georgia Tech. They, they, they say it was a neutral field, but you know it was in the Georgia Dome. It was in Georgia Tech's hometown. Uh, there was definitely a partisan Georgia Tech crowd. Uh, the Louisville fans that came down, they were definitely loud. But uh, yeah, Georgia Tech's crowd was bigger and more excited. Those people were very very hyped for the game. Uh, you know that kind of. Worried me a little bit, but you know what? Uh, Louisville was able to get it done, so you know I digress. But, you know, Jack came out there, um, hit the field on uh, Friday night uh, last Thursday. Uh, looked a little rattled. Looked a little shaky. Um, he looked very unsure of himself in a lot of ways. Uh, and, and, you know, because of that, there were some struggles out there, a lot of misfires, a lot of, you know, throwing behind receivers and a lot of inaccurate passing. The, you know, the struggles kind of got um, bullet pointed in the first uh, quarter of that game versus Georgia Tech where 
You know, you throw behind guys a couple times, you miss a couple of open receivers. Louisville ends up having to settle for uh, two field goals rather than touchdowns. Of course, uh, Jack did come back while Georgia Tech was in the middle of their big second quarter run. Um, he was able to find uh, Kevin Coleman, and Coleman made the move to get into the end zone to, you know, put them up get their first touchdown, and, you know, for the, uh, the at the end of the day, uh, Louisville was able to go out there. Jack ended up uh, with uh, three touchdowns uh, and, and, you know, was okay. Uh, you know, he, he, he was all right. But, you know, it, there's been some issues with his accuracy. Um, and I think that when we talk about Jack specifically, and, of course, it's way too early. Of course, week one, there's always going to be issues. There's always going to be hiccups. There's always going to be those types of things that happen and, and, and you know, could come out and there's going to be there has to be something for people to focus on. But I think that the interesting thing about the game this year uh, is that for Jack. Everybody sees the talent. OK, well, one of the things that, that I know about Louisville fans uh, is that, you know, you're going to have. You're going to have. Everybody knows what good quarterback play looks like at Louisville. I'll put it like this. Okay, Jack Plummer is in a situation where he's at a school where we're used to having great quarterbacks. You know, a lot of times people don't necessarily understand or realize how many great quarterbacks we have going back to Browning Nagel, uh, Jeff Brom, Brian Brom, uh, you know, looking at uh, Stephon LaForce, looking at Dave Ragone, looking at Chris Redman, uh, you know, of course, Teddy Bridgewater, Lamar Jackson. We know what good quarterback play looks like, and I think we also know what good football talent looks like. And I think that the angst, if you will, even though Louisville is 2-0 and they came out, they handled Georgia Tech, they they won 56-0 versus Murray State, I think that one of the big things that people have angst about is they see and they understand how good this team is. They see the big offensive line. They see the improved weapons in the wide receiver room. They see Kevin Coleman Jr. They see Jamari Thrash. They understand that this is maybe Louisville's best wide receiver core in a long time. Uh, you know, I mean, you're talking about this may be the best, the most talented group of receivers since possibly Harry Douglas and Mario Urudia were out there, um, you know, honestly. You know, Devontae Parker, those, you know, those, those types of teams. Uh, and I think that when you look at this team, you see that talent in the wide receiver room. You see the talent at the running back uh, uh, level. When, when you look at Jawar Jordan, you see his explosiveness. You take a look at Isaac Garendo, uh, you know, kind of the, the dual threat speed and power aspect of the uh, Wisconsin transfer. Uh, then you look at Maurice Turner and some of the things he can do, even though, of course, he was banged up and did not play on uh, Thursday night. Uh, and you, know, you even look at Kewan Brown, the, the freshman who came in in the second half and was just outstanding the way he was running the ball, looking like he's going to be a youngster. People see the, this offensive talent that they have at the running back and wide receiver positions, and they see the talent that you have on the offensive line. And I believe there's just angst in saying, seeing you have this much to, to, to you know, you have this many weapons at your disposal. Okay, so, Jack, we're looking at you and saying, brother, if you just come out there and handle your business, this Louisville team can be special. And Louisville fans would know because they've seen special offenses before. And not only do you have the weapons for a special uh, offense through the first two games that are living up to some of the hype that a lot of the Louisville fans had and the hope that the Louisville fans had for this 2023 season, you also have a defense that's playing 
exceptionally well. Now, of course, we know what happened in the second quarter of Georgia Tech. We know Georgia Tech had, you know, they hit about five or six big plays, and Louisville just kind of lost themselves and kind of got knocked off kilter. But you know what? It's a road game in conference, um, that, and that happens. With a new, new coach, new energy, new team, they came out, they got excited. Momentum is like that in football. Georgia Tech found Uncle Mo, and they were able to kind of go on that bit of a run. But, you know, to the Louisville defense's credit, they steadied themselves in the second half. Uh, without, uh, you know, the Ben Perry, uh, their captain of the defense, the guy who plays the, the card position, star position uh, for Louisville as that hybrid linebacker safety spot. You know, Ben Perry got thrown out of the game because of a bullcrap targeting call uh, in the first quarter. So they didn't have him, and he was replaced by Antonio Watts Jr., who is a redshirt freshman. So the fact that that Louisville defense was able to play with a redshirt freshman out there for the bulk of that game and able to still come back and do what they did, uh, I feel was impressive. Uh, the fact that they were able to stay the ship there, get back in that game, basically just completely shut down Georgia Tech till a bullcrap touchdown in the, at the end of the game. Uh, to shut them down like that, then come back against you know a Murray State team that that had a, a pretty decent quarterback. I know they're a, a FCS team, but you know the the quarterback played very very well for them. His uh, receivers kind of let him down uh, on, on some plays, but to come back against a Murray State team and anybody, anytime you're talking about a shutout, that's impressive because when you're talking about a game in 56 0 Obviously, there's going to be opportunity for a lot of young guys to play, and a lot of young guys played in that second half. And the energy was there, the effort was there, the tackling was there, um, the the attention to detail was there. The defense just played a lights out game. Even if Murray State found a way to to make a, a single play or have a nice run, Louisville would pretty much button that up immediately. And I think there's value in that. So yes, while it's an FCS opponent, and yes, you don't want to um, overreact to it too much. Um, I, I really and truly believe that this Louisville team showed to be very, very proficient and efficient in the way that they went about their business. Um, and that's a, a huge, huge encouragement. So I think that the reason that people are so super focused in and hyper focused in and hyper critical uh, for Jack Plummer, even though he's been OK, quote unquote, uh, through the first couple of games, I think it's because we understand that there is a real, real opportunity out here for Louisville to do something special in this first season under Jeff Brom. And I think that we have seen that it's not just, you know, overrated hype with some of these guys. We see that, oh, yeah, these dudes, we know what it looks like when you have the genuine article. There's been enough talent that's come through, um, you know, this, this Louisville program that we know when it looks right. And that's the thing is I, I think we see everything that you need. And even, uh, you know, the, the um, emergence of the possibility of jo Joey Gatewood being a player on this team. Gatewood got a, a touchdown in the second half of that Murray State game. Gatewood, of course, the former uh, Auburn and U.K. quarterback turned wide receiver for UCF. Um, now uh, a tight end at the University of Louisville, the kid that was rated the number one athlete in all of uh, in, in uh, his recruiting class coming out of high school. Um, Joey Gatewood is a, a supreme athlete, made a, a very nice catch, made a very nice run after the catch, and got into the end zone. That's a guy that you see that has promise and potential that if you can add uh, a guy who has that type of size and athleticism, Gatewood going around uh, six foot five and about 240 pounds or so, 
Um, if you can have that guy become a factor and become a proficient and uh, you know efficient pass catcher and a threat. That's the type of dude that can even take that offense to a bigger and higher higher level. So I think that we understand that the quarterback position is the spot that has to be there and put all that together. We saw it under the offenses with Bobby Petrino, and we know that you know Jeff Brom is a, a is a disciple of that Bobby Petrino tree and what he's been able to do with all his stops, whether it be Western Kentucky um, or Purdue, is that when he has that quarterback position right, which more of the times than not he has. His offense hums. So, you know, it's on Jack to do the things. It's not a super complicated system. It's a system where you have to be on time and on target and be where you need to be. And and it's one of those things where there's so much emphasis given to those skill players to, you know, be where you need to be in the time you need to be at because the quarterback is going to put the ball there so then you can make a play. But through the first couple of games, it's been more all the other players are in the position where they're supposed to be and they're ready to make the play, and the ball has been late or the ball has been underthrown or you know the ball was thrown uh, with too much air under it, allowing a, a, a safety to, to close on the pass and end up making an interception like it happened in the Murray State game on Thursday night. And I think that's why people get nervous, even though at the end of the day, Louisville was able to score enough points uh, to win both games, of course, uh, winning the Murray State game comfortably. The thing that you worry about, people are looking, they're not worried about Georgia Tech or Murray State, okay? They're worried about looking down the road at Notre Dame. They're looking out at going on the road at, at, at NC State. They're looking at going on the road at Pittsburgh. Louisville fans are looking to uh, and seeing that, you know what? This isn't going to get it done when you play those teams. And I think that's what they say is, look, man, we have the players and we have the talent to do something very special, but you have to be locked in and you have to be on your P's and Q's if we're going to make this thing special. Because we have the weapons and we have the personnel to make something special happen. Because, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. After seeing what the the ACC did through the first, you know, through week zero and week one, not really scared of anybody in the ACC outside of maybe Florida State. Florida State looked very good uh, in knocking off LSU last week. Like that, they were very, very impressive. So, outside of them watching Clemson get beat down on the road at Durham, uh, taking on Duke, not really uh, worried about them. Of course, Clemson's not on the schedule, and Duke is just a good, solid team, in my personal opinion. I think Clemson's a bit of a dumpster fire right now. Dabo, I don't know what that dude's doing, um, but I'm not necessarily scared of Duke. I'm not necessarily scared of Pittsburgh. I'm not really scared of NC State. They've dropped a little bit, uh, you know, Devin Leary leaving and bringing in uh, Armstrong as the new quarterback. Um, they're okay, and they have okay skill positions. But as you look at this schedule, outside of Notre Dame, not, nobody through at least the first week and a week zero, whatever that is, isn't really scaring me. So when you look at the skill position players that Louisville has, when you look at everything that, that Louisville has at their disposal offensively, and then you look at the way that that defense is playing, seemingly carrying that momentum that was left by that Brian Brown-led defense and what they've been able to do under Ryan English uh, and, and you know company to get these guys into this new system, it seems to have carried over and been even taken to another level because that's the one thing that I love about watching a Jeff Brom coach team uh, play is how hard they play, how hard they run 
every play. How they do not stop playing until the whistle is blown. Like, that's something that jumps off the page. It was something that jumped off the page to me at Purdue, and it's something that continues to jump off the page as I watch Louisville through the first couple of weeks, is how hard these kids play on every snap. It doesn't matter the opponent. It doesn't matter the time of the game. Those guys come out there, and they play hard. And, and, you know, outside of kind of a bit of a lapse and kind of getting knocked off kilter in the second quarter versus Georgia Tech, these kids have played confident, they have played hard, and they have been aggressive the whole time. So, you know, I I really, really think that Louisville has an opportunity. So when we look at Jack Plummer, we're going to hold you under that microscope and we're going to hold you to that standard to understand that, Really and truly, you're going to be the straw that stirs the drink. And I I can see after watching Jeff Brom go out there and play nine quarterbacks, which is unbelievable, uh, nine quarterbacks in the uh, Murray State game on Thursday night, um, I can understand why Jack Plummer is the starter. And I can understand why Jeff Brom looks at him and says, you're the guy to lead this team and you're the guy that is going to take us where we go this year. I can understand it because Jack Plummer is the best of everything that Louisville needs at the quarterback position. He's a big, strong quarterback with a good arm. Um, he has a good understanding of the system. Um, he's uh Got some better wheels than what I expected. I didn't realize that he could scramble and run the way he's done so far, especially for a big guy. So, you know, when you talk about that, um, you know, I, I really, really have been been impressed. But I tell you what, we're going to go ahead. We're going to hit our first break a little bit early since this is a uh, shortened show. Uh, definitely want to give time uh, to take your text, and uh, we're going to have Leanne joining on the other side as well. Uh, you are listening to Wake Up 502. I am Rashawn Myers, and we'll be back on the Big X. Welcome back. Welcome back in to Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers. This is your boy Rashawn taking care of you here at 96.1 FM. We are back, and y'all know what that music means. It's about that time for Leanne. Leanne Herring. Leanne, come on in here. How are you doing, ma'am? Good morning. We cross practice, and then Haven's like, can you come on? I said, it's not college football Saturday unless I'm on with the crew at Wake Up 502. So here we are a little bit earlier than usual. Yes. First week at NFL. Going into college, you know, another Saturday of college football, a lot going on. We saw a lot of big upsets, so I'm sure we're going to see even more today on Saturday. And how about them cards taking care of business? I know. Early week action. Lynn, I tell you what, 2-0, and the Cardinals are 2-0 and to get the, you know, to get the year started off. I, I, I will say that it was a little bit now. I was nervous down there in Atlanta, Leanne. It got got a little tight. It got a little tight <laughs> down there versus Georgia Tech, but the the good guys found a way to to, to win it and get it done. So you know, I, I I'll take that. I'll take the win. I'll take two wins, no losses, because hey, that's what it's about in college football, right? It's survive in advance. 
Exactly. At the end of the day, the wins don't have to be pretty, but what a way to kick off the, the death bomb era. I mean, we've already talked about, you've definitely talked about what what kind of talent he has, how he's reworked the program, but now he's put it into action 2-0 on the road against Georgia Tech, open, you know, at home, proven in, in tough-fought battles. You know, so it's, it's a great start for this program that, you know, is, has had its ups and downs, especially last last season, to, to come in with a strong, strong start being 2-0 for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I tell you what, Leanne, before we get going, I had a, another special caller call in, and I'm going to let him slide in here just because he was nice enough to give us a call. Because so we're, we're only doing an hour show today. We're only going until 10. We're being preempted by the golf guys, which is okay. It, you know, it, it was a Murray State weekend. Well, I was wondering what the change of time was. Yes. I was like, am I calling in too early? Because I was like, this no. is not our usual time. Well, that explains that. Yes, yeah. We got we got an hour show today, so I, I'm going to let Jay uh, – Jay has get on uh, in here as well. Jay, you with me? Yes. Good morning, Leanne. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Doing good. Doing good. So, Jay, what you got for me this morning, my brother? Man, it was a terrific uh, Thursday night college football. With yes. Jeff Brom and Cardinals. It was a beautiful atmosphere. Um, Mary State rolls into L and M building and. Got smashed fifty six to nothing, but but you knew that. I, I even I predicted that was what to say fifty five to three. Yeah, you were like you that. were right on you uh, the the uh, the pre show that we had out there. You said fifty five three. I said sixty three ten. Uh, you know, if Pierce Clarkson wouldn't have let me down, now nah, <laughs> and, 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 and got that touchdown, we would have hit sixty three on the number. Well, that's all right. Hey, the good guys got it done and they got yeah. the shutout. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about I'm, I'm excited about this uh, Jeff Brom's uh, regime in this college football that I think he's the right man for this program. And I'm expecting great things. Like I said, beginning of the season, I said 10-2 and two season uh, for mm-hmm. BCS Bowl. It's coming around the corner. You know, it's in Louisville, and they got a big task coming up this following week with Indiana up in Annapolis. And the cars are going to ride again, as they always do, uh, headed up to Indianapolis for an Indiana and Louisville game happens at noon yeah. uh, next weekend. We'll be, so we'll be there. I'm excited about I'm excited about it, but uh, I told you, Rashawn, the other day, I said, if Louisville beats Indiana, they may be pulled up in the top 25. Yeah. A, yeah. And, well, we'll see. We'll see. But I told you, Rashawn, we was walking back to the facility that is one game at a time, and there's so much college football out there, Rashawn, talking about from, you know, Deion Sanders and so much so much is going on. Oh, yeah. And uh, – and before you do, before you end your show, allow people to understand about the Disney and ESPN contract because their contract is not uh, negotiable at the present time. And ESPN covers so much that HC Network, and you have to get another direct cable source yeah. to watch. ESPN and the rest of your sources. Yeah, they, they pulled. You know, they, they pulled from ESPN. Got dropped from Spectrum, and Spectrum has gone on a bit of a. Uh, I don't want to say a smear campaign, but they're talking about you know everything that the ESPN people were asking and Disney was asking and to re up were just unreasonable. They have like a whole website set up, so <laughs> it's it's very odd. It's very odd to hear uh, you know kind of that Spectrum versus uh, ESPN slash Disney. <laughs> Uh, talking about their rates and everything else, I don't know, hey, but I know they pulled the rug out from a, from a bunch of people, and I know that the YouTube TV people are happy because they're getting all the Spectrum subscribers that are dropping Spectrum and grabbing YouTube TV. So somebody gonna make that money, guaranteed. Well, I, well, I'm excited about it, Leanne. It's been a long time since I heard from you and seen you, and 
I know things are rolling. What you doing in uh, college sports to, around the country today? Oh yeah, you know it's 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 a busy time of season. It's always great to be back on. It's all and, and you know and talking about the atmosphere and everything. It's it's great to see that because it just shows the investment in the program and everything. And you know people don't realize that that in college football, aside from the game, this success that Louisville is having early on, and Jeff Brom and Rashawn and I have talked about really talks about it boasts recruiting because it makes and it attracts players that want to come to a program. It makes them it makes the young guys say, you know what, he's really building something. I, I was telling the guys back a couple shows when when I first came back on the air, you know, July really impressed me, that list that Jeff Brom had of recruits. And oh, we're not yeah. just talking, you know, the twenty fourth, the twenty five and twenty six. One of the most impressive recruit visit lists. And that's what I like I said, that's that's in comparison to, you know, some of the S- other SEC lists I got. I was in shock, and but I was in awe about what Louisville has been attracting. And I think that the up, the upside, the you know, the continued upside of the car is only going to help recruiting. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see some if we see some flips, especially with some of the kids that are you know looking at places like Clemson, because we all know Clemson is is definitely somebody need to have to come to Jesus to Clemson because I don't know what's going on there. But you know, in those bigger programs, yes. in those bigger programs that are high, you know they're either yeah. too saturated with talent. Or they're in a they're in a shift, you know, in a balance of where they're going to go. That's a great that's a great way um, for Louisville to get some some playmakers, you know, and some flips during this recruiting season. So I wouldn't be surprised that if Jeff Brown flips a couple star players in the ACC this this conference. Oh, yeah. Real, 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 real quick, uh, Leanne, I'm glad you said that real quick in my closing remarks that you said is around the corner about uh, the uh, transfer portal that. Uh, Louisville had over what was it twenty nine thirty yeah yeah portal. yeah they had they had and, like the fifth most and Colorado had number one at forty nine yes and that's why it's so important for these young people to to go to a school to showcase what their talent what their true talent is all about and Brom got some nice kids on both sides of the ball I tell Rashad I told Haven that I said you ain't seen nothing yet the, I mean a lot of these kids hadn't even played yet. Yeah, because no, uh, exactly. They're, they're so and it's, much, it's definitely exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. But, I, I, go ahead, Jay. But Haven, but Haven, Rashawn, and uh, Joe and Leanne is always a pleasure. And uh, as always, wake up, wake up, five hundred two. It's the best sports <laughs> show. on this way to go. Hey, I appreciate Rashawn, it, I'll Jay. See you later, Leanne. I miss you, and it's good hearing from you. Good hearing from you, and I can't, I can't wait. To, you know the cards. Uh, the cars to get more in action. It's just going to be, like I said, it's an exciting year, and I'm excited to watch it. There we go. Hey, I appreciate it, Jay. Thank you so much. I had to get Jay in there, make sure that, you know, anytime you have those radio dignitaries, Leanne, you got to make sure you make a squeeze a little time for them. But I tell you what. You we know, got- <laughs> of course. Like I said, if it was, if it was, you know, it wasn't for him, wouldn't have to start radio, you know, radio yeah. breaking. And it and, and made my way with, with, like I said, I call you all me hens and my yeah. family because you, you truly are. <laughs> But, I mean, he brings such a great perspective being in the business, but oh, also yeah. just from, from someone who's been involved and seen the evolution of Louisville Athletics. Absolutely. And, you, and, you know, and when, you, when you hear stuff like that, you know somebody's doing something right because, you know, the state, like we keep saying, the, the state of Louisville last year, you know, yeah. in comparison to the quick turnaround, it's that, I mean, somebody's doing something right, and it's only going to be on the up and up. And, like I said, don't be surprised. I, I'm saying it now, Louisville and Miami, they're going to make a run in the ACC especially with how things are going and things are kind of dwindling down with, with the typical powerhouses. And like I said, that not only helps bring in conference championships, but it helps recruiting and when you can recruit those players. But I think, but I think you know, he touched on the idea of, of 
that we found the right coach, and, and I couldn't agree more with that because at the end of the day, it's not about having a stacked roster, a four-star, or paying, or giving, you know, finding the, the end coach. It's about finding the coach, the program that, that fits, you know. He's not mm-hmm. trying to reinvent the wheel. He's not trying to make Louisville look like Alabama. He's trying to make Louisville be the Louisville, have its own identity, and I think that's why he's finding such early success because he's using what he's got, yeah. you know, instead of trying to reinvent the wheel. And, and that's always been the thing with Jeff Brom. It, it, you know, he's been a guy who's had that ability um, to, you know, do le- uh, more with less. That, that's always been his thing. He didn't have a, a tremendous amount of talent at West Kentucky. He didn't have a tremendous amount of talent at Purdue outside of, uh, you know, a few big-time playma- uh, playmakers like Rondell Moore, of course. But, you know, Jeff has always been able to get the most out of guys. So when you see what he has at Louisville, you see the talent that he has at his disposal, people get excited because it's like if Jeff could do so much with you know what's considered to be lesser talent what's he going to do with a team that's rich in talent and you know you can clearly see how much talent is on this Louisville roster you see the playmakers at wide receiver you see the playmakers at running back you know you see the potential and you just get you know your your mind just you just start daydreaming about you know 10 wins 11 wins things like that and I think that that's fair you know don't you think that, no that's exactly and it's not it's not far in reach because you're seeing it translate it's not yep. just you know, it's not just a whole bunch of hoopla, you know, Brom returning, you know, the hometown kid returning home to his folks. You know, it's not about that. He's shown it. And like you said, and, and you hit on it really well, the Georgia Tech was not, a, was not a pretty win, but it was a win. But it showed the fact that, like you said, he's always been able to work with what he's got. And I think when programs and coaches work like that, that helps them go deep in the season because, like mm-hmm. you said, if they, can, if they can get this far and they can get wins with limited talent, when you when you create depth like what he's done, now the possibilities are even more. And so, like you said, it's not it's not something so far fetched because now he has the ability. He's got the playmakers, and he's got the balance. He's not just strong on one side of the wall. You know, his his other the defense is coming up, and I think when we're seeing all the pieces finally come together, similar to what we saw at Ole Miss when Kiffin came in. Absolutely, you know, it was it was a rough ride, but then he started creating depth. He started, you know working with hot, you know, the younger guy, bringing balance. And I think that's what Brom's done. He's just brought balance and just, you know, made Louisville, created Louisville's own identity, not trying to, not trying to make them be something they're not. And I, I really think that that's going to show success down the long haul because it's translating. Yeah, these aren't, it's Georgia Tech. And you can, you can say what you want about it, but I think now with all these, the conference realignments, we're going to see it similar to basketball teams. We're going to see a lot of teams that, you know, that we wouldn't normally give credit to, we're going to see them play more, and then we're going to, it's going to be a different, 2024 is going to look a lot different for a lot of these programs. Mm-hmm. And I think Louisville's on the rise, and it, it couldn't come at a better time. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. The, 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 the one thing I'll say is that, you know, Jeff Brom, I always had a couple of head-scratching losses every year at Purdue, and I think that the reason he had those head-scratching losses is because at Purdue, because of the lack of talent, you almost had to not necessarily play a perfect game, but you at least had to play your B-plus game to win most games because there wasn't a big talent differential between Purdue and whomever they were playing. So I think that they would get caught, but I think what we saw with Georgia Tech on a Friday night was that his team has enough talent to where you can bring – maybe a C effort 
a C minus effort and still find a way to win because you have that talent now. And, and I think that's the exactly. big difference. I think that now you have enough talent to where you can maybe not have your best fastball and still find a way to get it done. Uh, and, and that is exciting to see. But I tell you what, Leanne, let's go ahead, hop in these picks. We've got about 15, 14, 15 minutes left before the end of the show. So I definitely want to get through some of these picks. There's a couple of games that have really sparked my interest, and I want to get your thoughts on those. And I'm going to go ahead and start with two future Louisville opponents. They're going to be taking on each other uh, 12 uh, p.m. ABC. That would be Notre Dame going on the road at NC State. Uh, right now, I'm showing the uh, the Irish as a seven-point favorite. Uh, NC State Wolfpack are laying seven points at home with an over and under of 49 and a half. Uh, what are you thinking about this one uh, with the two future Louisville opponents heading off against each other? You know, this is going to be an interesting matchup. You know, Notre Dame is, is has windled its way, has had some blowouts, put out some numbers and everything. But, you know, you can say what you want about NC State, but they always are one of those teams that surprises you, especially in the ACC Conference. They always they always bring a lot. But I think, really, this is really the true first true test for Notre Dame to see what, they, what they're going to bring and what they're going to do. Yeah, they, they've had the high-scoring games and everything. I'm gonna. I think Notre Dame is gonna keep it close, but I like I like NC State to cover for that. So I'm gonna take NC State to cover. I think Notre Dame is gonna have a lot tougher tougher challenge to get through this one as easy, and I think they keep it close. So I think Notre Dame is gonna come out on this one, but I like NC State at home to cover. I, I tell you what, Leanna, I'm right there with you. Like, Brennan Armstrong is, of course, uh, the former Virginia quarterback that's now taking over NC State because, uh, you know, uh, of the, the uh, Devin Leary departure to UK. Um, and I, this is absolutely, I agree, a much more difficult task than what the Irish have seen so far. Um, you know, it's a very light competition over the first couple of weeks. The Irish took advantage of that. NC State has a good defense, and they're playing at home. I think that the Irish will find a way to get the win, but I agree agree with you seven points is too many give me nc state and i'll take those seven points as well um next game i want to get into and get your get your opinion on it and i feel like somebody's punking me with this spread leanne because colorado prime time coach prime himself went out there they were the talk of college football the first week with knocking off of the national championship runner-ups in tcu last week they are at home Dion's first home game taking on just a pitiful Nebraska program like I know Nebraska has the name and I know they put like a hundred thousand people in there for a volleyball game or whatever you want to say uh, about Nebraska but they've been bad at football for about you know 10 12 15 years now Leanne Colorado is only a three-point favorite at home against Nebraska am I missing something or is that like easy money like like what do you think and no, I, I I agree with it. When I was when I was right before I was looking and I you know going back and forth and of course you know everyone's talking about the Colorado game because there's the, you know this is the game that everyone's looking at. is is Deion Sanders the real deal? Yeah, he not he he came out with the momentum. Can he do it again against the Nebraska team? And the fact that they're favored. And you know I, I rarely I rarely pick the favorite in this one, but I think I think Colorado and prime time and what they're doing and. Is is going to have the answer, and I like and I like to I like to take Colorado to cover on this one. So I'm going to take Colorado hands down, and here's why: um, I, I just don't think that Nebraska is going to have the answer to deal with Travis Hunt. Uh, you know, Travis Hunter. That kid is just amazing. phenomenal. He's I mean, amazing. He's amazing. I mean, you you talk about kids and you hype them up and everything, but this kid is just as advertised. We saw what he did up and down the board. I mean, 
And he's not just on, strong on one side of the ball. He's a playmaker on both sides of the ball. I mean, he's just he's, he's a freak of nature is what he is. And then, you, you know, you got to talk about Deion Sun, you know, what he's done at quarterback. Yes. Everyone, you know, kind of early on talked about him. Well, you know, that maybe he was just getting all the hype because of, of, of his dad and, and the name and all that. But he came out last week and he just showed. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, he's, if he keeps going and Colorado keeps his momentum up and they keep winning games. Even if they lose you, but they keep winning games because I think they sure as hell will win a lot more than they did last season. He's going to be a dark horse in the Heisman talk. I mean, he's got to. And even Travis Hunter. I mean, Deion Sanders could potentially have his own son and Travis Hunter out there as Heisman candidates, you know, yeah. uh, at least in the talk for it. So yeah. that's really interesting. So I'm going to take Colorado in this. I, I, I just thought I'm not going to doubt prime time and Deion and what he's done. I think he can handle Nebraska, and I like the three points. There. Like I said, it might it might be one of those. It's just going to play a nasty trick on me. But, but I'm gonna I'm <laughs> not going to take the underdog in this one. I, I think Colorado and Dion's going to cover. I think that there's just Nebraska just does not have enough answers for Travis Hunter and you know the offense that that's going to happen. The Colorado is going to bring even if they're new and they're trying to get it together. They they played a hard game against TCU. Uh, and I just don't think Nebraska's going to have the answer. Yeah, I totally agree. I just I just don't think that Nebraska has the firepower to keep up. Colorado, their defense may not be great, but they're going to score a bunch of points, and I just don't think Nebraska can score that many points. So I agree with you. Uh, but I, I tell you what, the next game that I, that I want to look at uh, is, of course, a, 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 sc- a school that is near and dear to your heart, the Ole Miss Rebels. They're going on the road. They're taking on Tulane uh, there in, in uh, New Orleans. What say you about this one? It's a number 20 versus 20, uh, number 20 versus number 24, a top 25 matchup. Uh, looks like Ole Miss is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite uh, based on my numbers here with an over-under of 64. What are you thinking about the Rebs in this one? You know, this is this is an emotional tough choice, as I say, because you can go back and forth. You know, I like the seven points for Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss can handle business, but Tulane. You know, a lot of people don't talk about Tulane in the fire, but these are going to be two high-scoring offenses that we're going to see. Now, I think I did read a note prior to us getting on the show that the Tulane quarterback may be questionable, um, knee injury possibly, and that's a game-time call. So there's a good chance that Tulane might not come out with their starting quarterback. Mm. So, you know, at first, you know, I know those Ole Miss Rebels might not like me for that. Um, I was I was about, you know, I was thinking Tulane has the ability to keep it close and they can cover the seven points. But if they're not with their starting guy, I just don't feel like they have the real – you know, the weapons and the as good as they are as high-powered offense, I just don't think they have the weapons to be able to stop the depth of the quarterback room that Lane Kiffin's put together with Jackson Dardy, you know, and the transfer portal, you know, and Saunders. And then also, we got to talk about, I just don't see Tulane without getting anything going on their offense if, in fact, their QB's out and yeah. having an answer to stop Quinshawn Jenkins and that whole run game that, that's going to come heavy down in Nola in the big easy. So, you know, again, I normally don't. I normally don't go with the favorite in this one, but I'm going to go with the Ole Miss Rebels to cover seven because I think if Tulane is out with their guy or he's questionable, especially with the knee injury, he's not going to be a hundred percent. And the way this young Ole Miss defense is capitalizing, and and they really have taken a turn in the trenches, they're going to make it tough on that Tulane. They're going to put a lot of pressure. So I'm going to I'm going to take a bold one, and I'm going to go. With with the with the Ole Miss Rebels on that to cover at seven on the road against Tulane. Wow, there we go. And I tell you what, this is one that I, I'm a little that that game makes me nervous because you're playing a Tulane program, as you said, that people don't necessarily talk about, but it's been very good over the last couple of years. Uh, and you just don't normally see an SEC team go on the road to play this type of game, and that just speaks to me. I've seen so many upsets, you know, where you just have that team that just finds lightning in a bottle and gets it done. I think Ole Miss will get it done, but that's 
seven and a half point scares me. So I'm going to say I'm going to take Tulane. I'm going to take those seven and a half points. I think Ole Miss gets the win, but I just don't know if they're going to win by more than a touchdown. So, yeah, you know, like so, I said, I'm right there with you. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, that seven and points is a lot. Yeah, a lot. Like seven and a half is a lot. I, I was going to, I was going with Tulane, but like I said, I completely see where you're going with. <laughs> I can completely agree. That, I can talk myself into a if, if it was six and a half, Leanne, I'd probably say I'd take Ole Miss, but that seven and a half scares me. So I, that, that's why I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Green Wave. But it's close one way or the other, but I do think Ole Miss gets the win one way or the other. So I think they do come out of it with the win. And uh, the last game I want to get with you uh, before we get you out of here, um, Alabama uh, at home. Taking on Texas, it's, uh, you know, one of the big, uh, you know, next year it'll, of course, be an uh, SEC game, uh, but this year it's Big 12 versus uh, SEC. Uh, Got the Longhorns going on the road. Quinn Ewers, um, you know, taking on Alabama. What do you think about this matchup? Uh, Right now Alabama is showing as a seven-point favorite um, at home in that game. What do you think about this one? Seven is lucky. Seven is going to work for somebody. We see a lot of sevens this week, man. I don't think anybody's talked about this game since the 2010 BCS, and we all know where Texas is gone, and we all know where Bama's gone in that road. And you know, everyone, Texas can't. You know, Texas has been saying they're back uh, for a very long time. You know, and they very well could be, but they're going to have to do a lot in this game. We saw, we saw. You know, in the first game, they struggled against Rice. Their offensive line, mm-hmm. you know, did not protect well, and that just can't happen, especially with the defense you got. The Bama's going to bring it. And Kool, when you got a kid like Kool Aid, and you got Malachi Moore. You know, and Arnold, I mean, that secondary is just going to bring the pressure on, on, that, tax, on that Texas offense. They're going to make it tough. And let's talk about the, the quarterback at Alabama. I mean, he may be young and experienced, but we saw him against Middle Tennessee on that fumble him go run it in for a touchdown. And, and Jalen Milrow, who's also, you know, another top kid coming out of Katie, Texas, Tompkins. So this is going to be a tough one. But I think that, you know, I think that Texas is going to come on the road I don't think that they're gonna. I don't think that they're gonna roll on this one. I just think that Bama's gonna. This needs a statement win, and I think Bama no longer wants to be irrelevant. Not that they have, but as far as the SEC, they want to get yeah. back there and they want to show that they can. They can, you know, insult Texas on their home field, and they can take care of business in Tuscaloosa. But I will say for that seven points, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Texas. I'm like I said. Ooh. I'm gonna take Texas on. Take Texas on the line, and I'm going to sprinkle the money line if you if you if you so do care to do that. But I think Bama's ultimately going to take care of business. I just think that Texas, uh, if they don't work out the kinks as far as protecting yours and slowing and slowing and limit, limiting Jalen Milrow, you know, today it's it's going to be a long, long way back to to Austin. But I think Bama takes care of business. But like I said, I, I'm I like that seven points for Texas. I think Stark did it show all his cards against Rice. And I think that they realize all the struggles, or they should realize. If you're if you're yeah. the Texas Longhorns, yeah. you better realize that you shouldn't have struggled against Rice that much, and you sure as hell can't do it against Bama. But I'm going to be bold. I'm going to I'm going to take Texas Texas to cover. But but. Nick Saban's going to come out with the win. Yeah, I, I, I like what you're thinking. I mean, that, that seven points, once again, it's, it's a lot of points for two uh, good teams. Uh, Alabama's trying to reestablish their dominance. Um, you know, this is one of those games where it's either going to be really close or I think Alabama's going to blow Texas out. Like, I don't think – I don't see a, a situation where Texas is going to blow out Alabama, um, you know, in Tuscaloosa. Um, so, I, I, I lean your way. I think that it's going to be close. I think Alabama is going to get the win. But seven points, once again, is too many – 
Uh, give me Texas in a close game, but Alabama gets it done. Saban gets it done at home at least by a field goal. Um, but, no, I, I'm right there with you. But I, I tell you what, Leanne, I really, really appreciate you calling in. I appreciate you with your picks. Uh, we will be back uh, full full bore, not next Saturday, because, of course, we'll be headed up the road to Indianapolis for, uh, to be in the house for Indiana uh, versus Louisville uh, up there at, you know, up in Indy. Um, but we will see you in two weeks and get more of your picks, all right? Sounds good, sounds good. L's up and hotty toddy. There we go. Appreciate it, Leanne. As always, uh, Leanne Herring of RebelWalk.com does a lot of great things uh, with them in the SEC and the NFL Network. Uh, Just very, very knowledgeable. You guys know it and uh, definitely appreciate her uh, jumping in there. Uh, But I I tell you what, man, before we get out of here, I have a couple of texts I wanted to make sure to read before we got out of here. A texter says, good morning, Wake Up 502. Main event, our culture. They say, uh, he said, I need Leanne to give me some picks so I can start my DraftKings account in, in, in person gambling. Well, there you go. You already got that done. So you, your wish is her command. She gave you a, a few uh, spots to take a look at. Uh, so hopefully she gave you some direction on that. Uh, Texter also says, uh, Primetime, Primetime did his thing last week. So my question is, um, if you could pick again, would you stay with Brom or Prime? Hey, man, that's, you know what? The, the whole Brom versus Prime, I don't think you could go wrong either way. Um, but I love Jeff Brom coming home. I just think that Brom is the perfect pick. I think that if you would, would have fired Satterfield after that horrible loss uh, to Air Force the year previous, then I would have loved to see primetime in Louisville. But that didn't happen, and I'm very, very happy with having Jeff Brom back. So I'll answer it like that. Um, Texter says, uh, Plummer is risky, and I'm afraid that he will get a concussion for these hits uh, when he runs or just throws it up for grabs and we will lose the game. I mean, you know, as we've said, Jack Plummer, we understand that he's kind of the X factor. He's the guy who's got to get it together. Um, So, you know, he's not been perfect, but the hope is he continues to sharpen it up. And, yes, please stop lobbing the ball downfield. If you have a guy that's breaking open, put that rocket out there. Throw it out there and try to out-throw the receiver. Make the receiver catch up to the ball and catch it. You have guys that can get it done. You have Kevin Coleman. You have Jamari Thrash. Those guys can make plays down the field. So just put it out there. You don't need to throw up that that softball. Um, I, I agree with you on that one. Uh, Texter says, KP had a visitor the other week, but again, uh, he's still in silence. Also, Trenton uh, is scoring 20-plus in Australia. Yeah, Trenton Flowers is looking good. There's a, there's a lot of pressure uh, that's going to be associated with how this Louisville team does, depending on how well Trent Flowers does. If Trent Flowers, uh, you know, balls out in Australia uh, and ends up looking like he's going to be a lottery pick, uh, better hope Louisville has a good season. Uh, that's That's all. Uh, I'll say about that when he's and uh, Texas says, lastly, uh, Murray could have scored four touchdowns if the receivers were able to catch the ball. That scares me because I think Indiana might give us a game next Saturday. To me, it's a toss up. Um, you know, I, I think that Murray, Murray could have at least had some big completions. I don't know if they would have scored on all those, but we'll see. But I tell you what, man, it is we have rolled through. It is time for us to get out of here. The golf guys will be coming up next. Definitely appreciate you guys for everything that you did this week. Uh, we will be back next week in full. But uh, for everybody, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly, thanks to Leanne Herring. Uh, thanks for your calls and your texts. This is Rashawn Myers, and we're out.